0: Welcome everybody to the Magic Beans Podcast. We are back again for episode number 112. I'm your host tonight and my name is Shorty and I've got quite a few beans on the line tonight. You might say it's a bag of beans or a bunch of beans, probably a bag of beans. I think I think that's what we'll go with tonight, a whole, a whole bag of beans. Uh, we've got lots of things to talk about tonight as we usually do. But, uh, yeah, Welcoming onto the podcast tonight is uh, Cracker. How's it going mate? Good thanks buddy. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, we've also got Stew. How's it going?
1: Hey, it's been a while. Going well.
0: Certainly has not not quite as long as uh, as the next person on our podcast, Scott the Blaster Boy. Welcome back.
2: Hey, strangers. Hey, hey, guys. Mate. Mate. <laughs> hello
0: <laughs> you, you got like we've got we've got you we've got stew we don't have chewy and it's just completely thrown off my intro and i think that's probably one of the worst intros i've ever done on the podcast I'm 112 <laughs> episodes in it's about time we uh we stuffed one up but anyway whatever we don't we don't re-record <laughs> that's, that's that's how we do it but very glad to have everyone here this is a Pokemon one, isn't it, that we're doing yeah, tonight? Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. <laughs> but, but,
1: but,
3: uh, this is the
2: Genshin one.
0: Let's go. Nah, that's that's old news now. <laughs> oh, sorry.
1: So, oh, so we're down play, Chewy yeah. for the night, and we've brought in myself and the Blaster Boy. Maybe between the two of us, we can reach half the Segways and a quarter of the puns. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not a chance.
0: Uh, it's a pretty high uh, bar to reach, so we'll, we'll see how we go. Hopefully, it's not too many, but- yeah, glad glad to have you guys back on, and uh, yeah, lots to talk about tonight. Although it is, it's kind of one topic really uh, for for tonight, which is of course Kamigawa and Neon Dynasty, the up and coming set, and we'll get into it soon, Scott. But uh, this is what's brought you back onto the podcast. You had A little bit of hype in the in the Discord this week.
2: Yeah, I've, I've been really impressed with what I've seen so far. I mean, um, the artwork. Um, some of the the cards themselves being out of play as a samurai, uh, it's just I, I don't know why I don't, like, I honestly <laughs> thought that I would get back into it when they brought out the D and D set. I thought yeah. that'll that'll bring me back, and even when uh, Crimson Vow and um, was it Midnight Hunt Midnight Hunt came even? out, I thought that'll that'll drag me in because I love that sort of stuff as well. Uh, but none of it did. Although I am playing a lot of that now on Arena, um, but this in particular I, I can't actually put I. I I just can't work out exactly what it is about this particular set that's really got me excited. Mm. Probably, had, probably um, not as ex- I'm ex- excited about this deck as I was about the. Oh, gee, now I'm going to. I can't remember what it was called anymore. The, the fairy tale one. that's uh, right, um, Throne of Eldraine. Throne of Eldraine. That yep. that was the last deck that really got me excited. Um, yep. But yeah, and now no, this, this one. So
0: this this set looks very cool, and we will get all into that tonight. But before we do, we need to shout out our awesome sponsors. So, Stu, you haven't done it for a while. You oh. to, uh, let everyone know about Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. You can find them on Facebook or jpmtgbazaar.com.au, which I believe directs straight to their Facebook page. Nightly auctions. I mean, what more can we say that we haven't already said? These guys are fantastic. They make everything we do possible. Surprise support and all that stuff. So, do the right thing, head across, win some auctions, and let them know that they have been sent you. Very good. Do the right thing. Sounds like an anti litter <laughs> campaign. <laughs> uh, very you good. know it makes sense. It does, yes. So it certainly does. Do the
0: right thing. Support support us and support our sponsors. Very, very good. Very political. All right. So yes, tonight is all about Kamagawa Neon Dynasty, which is yeah, the the upcoming set it's releasing next friday on arena feb-, feb the 10th so we're we're not very far away and previews only started less than a week ago now so it's been pretty thick and fast there's a, a quite a few cards previewed and i think we'll have the full set probably by the end of tomorrow or over the next couple of days so lots of new cards to talk about so, arena release next weekend, and then, uh, and also the paper pre release on that weekend, and then the actual release out in paper the following weekend. So, pretty excited, as Scott said. The set seems really cool. There's a lot of really cool themes. We've mentioned it previously, sort of the uh, excitement level that we've had. At, uh, we do have one cracker on the podcast tonight, which means we've got official things to talk about. And, That's right, uh, yeah, it was we was had... last week. Yes. And <laughs> new uh, cards tonight this week. <laughs> is new cards, which means <laughs> mechanics. So we'll delve into the mechanics first, not delve. Delve is not in the, hey. in the oh, set. I do Even love more. delve. <laughs> it's pretty broke. But there are some other very cool mechanics. So, cracker, take us away with what mechanics we're going to see.
3: So, the first one is called Reconfigure, and Reconfigure is kind of a- it, it feels similar to Living Weapon as as an old kind of mechanic, but they are artifact creatures that are also equipments. So, the example we've got here is Simeon Sling. It's red for a artifact quip, artifact creature equipment monkey, which is a mouthful. <laughs> uh, it's a one-one. It says, equipped creature gets plus one, plus one whenever Simeon Sling- Or equipped creature becomes blocked, it deals one damage to defending a player. And then it has reconfigure two. So, reconfigure says attach target creature you control or unattach from a creature. Reconfigure only as a sorcery while attached. This isn't a creature. So, the way that it plays out is you cast it uh, for one red mana. It is a 1-1 monkey. When it attacks, if it's blocked, it gets to ping. When it dies... It's dead. But what you can do is pay two mana and <laughs> equip it onto a creature. The creature gets plus one, plus one, and that ability. Now, if the creature that it is attached to dies, you can pay the reconfigure cost and it will become- well, Do you have to pay the cost again or does it just fall off like
0: if does If the creature- stay. From my understanding, if the creature it's attached to dies, it just goes back to being the creature. Because it's, on, so it's, it's only- So, similar to on equipment. Yeah, it's, it's only an equipment when it's attached yep. to a right. Okay. creature. Right, okay, So, while, while attached- So, it's like bestow. Uh, yeah, while attached, this isn't a creature.
3: Yes, okay, cool. So, I wasn't sure if you had to reconfigure it again, whether it was just an equipment until you paid that extra cost. So, the, the cost is to either attach it to a creature or to move it. You you can still move it around. It's not um, able to do that. So, these are cool. There's some really good looking ones, actually. This this is kind of interesting around the different- um the different reconfigure cards we've got. And so they're all going to be um, artifact creatures is, is kind of the key thing. And there's a lot of that in this set, you know, the whole side
0: yeah, kind of um, thing. quite a few artifacts in this set, actually. But, yeah, mm. it's, a, it's an interesting take on the equipment mechanic, just a, a, a variation on it that's, again, like we've seen this bu- a bunch of times and, and there's a, a whole bunch more of it in this set. And, you know, you sort of you go back to Throne of Eldraine, as Scott mentioned before, where the... Um, you had the adventure cards where you, you you're basically getting two for ones on on every single card, and that's what these represent. It's mm-hmm. it's two two modes uh, effectively uh, out of the um, out of the one card. So it's pretty cool. Uh, one thing they actually say it in the article here that one thing you can do is you know you can equip it to a creature, yeah, or like whether it's the same turn whatever attack it. with that creature, <laughs> and then after combat you reconfigure it back to a creature. So you're effectively unattaching it from the um, from the creature. And because it's an equipment when it's attached to the creature, it doesn't tap right.
1: when you attack.
0: So when oh. you un- when you unattach it, it's a creature now that is untapped. So you can attack and then go, oh, I'm going to need a blocker. So I'll unattach it. And now I have a blocker here, which is something that, I mean, they mentioned in the article, but that's not something I thought of straight away. Because you you sort of – you see it a lot in paper. People do it with enchantments and equipment and things like that. You just sort of – when you attack with the creature, you just – you tap you the creature tap and all the yeah. things that are part of it. But that's not actually correct. Those things don't tap when you when you attack with them. So. But I
1: suppose you'd want to be careful doing that as well, right? Like if the creature that attacked with it attached, if it's dealt lethal or, you know, if, if it's – Yeah, if it's dealt damage. You take that off, you'd kill your creature, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. Yeah. correct.
0: I like that. Yeah. Yeah, like if it's if it's attached to a, a one one creature, that creature takes one damage. So it's it's currently a two two with the equipment, it takes one damage, and then you unattach it, that creature will die because it is it is back to a one one that has taken one damage and uh, it just dies.
1: I can see me doing that in the not too distant future.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you if you Multiple don't need times. that creature anymore and you and you desperately need a blocker, well then yeah, that might be something that you have to do. But it, it definitely adds an extra layer to like combat math and, and working out your attackers and blockers and things when um yeah you know your opponent may be able to unattach that that thing and uh, still have a creature.
2: Can I just ask a newbie question? Yes. Yep. So if you've got it equipped and like you said, you then take it off, so you unequip it and you use it as a blocker, you can't use it as an attacker either, can you? Like you couldn't.
1: You well, couldn't you've already attacked, attacked that turn. Else. Yeah, not until the following turn. Okay, because so yeah, it was it,
2: connected to. Yeah, it
1: was equipped. Cor-
3: yeah, yeah, correct. So you've already passed through your combat step. Okay, and then you, yeah, you don't get another one unless. I told you it was a not. newbie question. No, it's fine. <laughs> that's why yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was that was the whole premise <laughs> the cards <pecans> initially, <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's many the questions ago. that we don't want to <laughs> ask because we're too proud we to, to ask. <laughs> 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 yeah, now, now with
0: age, I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah. All right, Cracker, what's the next mechanic we've got?
3: The next one is called modified. Modified is really simple. Creatures that have got equipments or auras and counters on them are modifications. So there'll be a, there's an example here. There's a creature. It's a Aki Ember Keeper. It's one in red for a Goblin Warrior enchantment creature. It's a two one, and it says whenever a non-token modified creature you control dies, create a one one colorless spirit creature token. So if you had another one drop with one of these little monkeys on it. That would be a modified creature. When it dies, you get a woman spirit. So, all the different um, effects will be- All the effects will be different on different cards. It's not always going to be that. But the it's always just if there's something attached to your creature, you know, be it an aura, uh, which is, you know, an enchantment or a artifact equipment, then you, you'll get this effect. So, pretty simple.
0: Very yeah, flavorful. No, so, it even- yeah. And it so it even counts like uh like death touch counters and lifelink counters and the things that yes. we saw in Ikoria, I think Ikoria. It was the first time we saw that. They're coming back as well. I've I've seen a few creatures in the previews that, you know, when this says when this creature enters the battlefield put a death touch counter on it. So those will count as a as a modified creature. So yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I guess cool. the way to look at it is it's just a two one. With no abilities, but if somehow it's got other abilities, it's been modified, then it counts as a modified creature. Yep. Yeah, very very flavourful and, and very cool. Yeah. yeah it will be in- interesting to see if it's if it's actually powerful enough, or it it's probably likely one of those things where if the creature on its own, or or whatever the the permanent or whatever it is, is good enough, then the modified bonus, I guess you're getting, is is just sort of gravy. I, I don't think you're gonna see a Modified an deck, like modified deck, yeah,
3: yeah, but you never know. I mean, it's tricky because we, we've said that in the past. These these kind of effects are actually super hard to evaluate. Like, Drain is that sort of thing where you're just like, ah, eh, some of this stuff is all just a little bit overcosted, but it turns out that if you're creating, like in this case, it's two mana for effectively, you know, a 2 2 and a 1 1 with, with some small amount of investment somewhere else. But if it's an equipment and your creature dies and you just re equip it, so you know, it, as long as, yeah. It, I don't think you need – there's not much of a flaw here is what I'm trying to say. You know, you you don't need a very big hurdle. The the effect on the creature itself doesn't have to be massive. If it's close to being playable, then, you know, it it probably just tips it enough. You don't have to be, like, super rate-heavy already. So, you know, sagas are back. We have seen sagas many times now. I'm pretty sure everyone knows what they do, but they are an enchantment. They have chapters. Each of the different chapters does different things. These ones are all different because they're all double faced cards from what I have seen. So chapter three on all of these is exile this saga, then return it to the battlefield transformed under your control, at which point you would flip the card over. And then there is a creature and an effect on the creature. Usually there's something, you know, pretty spicy in there. Um, The example here is the Kami War, which is a mythic. So we've gone from a couple of commons to a mythic because why not? This one is 1 and wooberg, and it is Chapter 1, Exile Target Non-Land Permanent and Opponent Controls. Pretty good. Chapter 2, Return up to one other Target Non-Land Permanent to its owner's hand, then each opponent discards a card. And then, like I said, Chapter 3 is Exile this Saga, Return it to the Battlefield Transformed. And the flip side of this is Okagachi Made Manifest. Stu knows all about Okagachi. How good are dragons? They're pretty great. This is an enchantment creature, Dragon Spirit. It's a 6-6. It says, Okagachi made manifest is all colours. Flying trample. Whenever- Oh, there's so much text in this. Why I start there reading?
0: <laughs> when, if when there wasn't thing- enough on the front side. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know.
3: Well, I hope we only wanted to talk about two cards tonight, boys. Because, uh, all right. When <laughs> Okagachi made manifest attacks, defending player chooses non-land card in your graveyard. Return that card to your hand. Okagachi made manifest gets plus X plus O until end of turn where X is the mana value of that card. So, right, <laughs> I have no idea whether this card aside, right? It doesn't matter. These are, I've heard other people talking about these being like adventure creatures. We were talking about Eldraine and you've got this kind of on a three turn delay. Yeah. Or two turn delay, I guess. So chapter one happens when you cast it and then you've got another turn where you get the second chapter. And then on the third turn, you get the creature. So, it depends on how good the first couple of um, chapters are and with the, the effect of the third thing, that the, the creature that you get is is going to be good enough to, to basically put it on suspend two or whatever you want to call it. So, there was one that I saw that was like two and a white and the first chapter was like destroy target permanent or exile target permanent opponent controls with mana value yeah. four Ex- or greater. Exile
0: target, it's the fall of Lord Condor. Exile yeah, target creature and opponent controls with mana value four or greater, and then Chapter Two is each player gains control of all permanents they control or they own. Sorry, which is a weird.
3: It's a very strange thing.
0: Ability, and so it, it's kind of saying, oh, there's going to be a lot of stealing opponents' well, permanents. either there is a there is a mind control in this in set this or set. in future sets, and then uh, yeah, when it comes back, it's a one three with defender, and when it dies, you draw a card. So it's eh, it's. Okay. So the
3: question is, is, is that good enough? Yeah. In, in in some respects you've got the first chapter on that one is is it it's so close that's pretty to good on its own three right? mana. It's it's close. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end of it, you know, like chapter two I expect will do nothing the vast majority of the time. And then you get a, a one three who draws you a card. So uh, is a one three that draws a card when it dies plus exile target creature for three mana good enough value? Probably. I think yeah.
0: so. I mean, like, uh, just looking at another one. So they, the f- first one you read was a mythic and it's pretty crazy. Yes. The second one yes. was a uncommon. Uncommon. Just yeah. looking at a rare one. Now there's the restoration of e- Eganjo. Who's yeah, reading one? that one? Uh, two and a white and it's a chapter one is search your library for basic planes card reveal it put it into your hand then shuffle yeah that's fine it's not not amazing chapter two you may discard a card when you do return target permanent card with mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped that's not bad uh, you know if you're playing a, a white weenie deck that's sort of the thing you want to do and then chapter three is you transform it and on the other side it's a three forward vigilance and when it attacks or blocks you create a one one spirit so it's a pretty solid creature. It's, like, effectively a 3-4 Vigilant that pumps out dudes for three mana. Like, mm-hmm. that's not bad. It it's just takes a little bit of time to get there. Uh, the thing to note with these, when they flip over...
3: Yeah, they don't have haste.
0: This, Yeah, this this version of the transforming is it exiles it and then you're returning it to the battlefield. Some versions we've seen in the past were just transform like the werewolves when you're just flipping them over they are they're staying in play effectively and they're just trans just flipping the card over so they're they're not affected by summoning sickness that sort of thing whereas these ones they are exiled and then returning to the battlefield as a new permanent which means unless the creature has haste you can't attack with them that turn so that's the other thing that sort of tones down the power on these a little bit. because you can't attack with that creature straight away, so like that that one we were just looking at then is you know you're playing it on turn three, and then you're not getting to attack with the creature till turn seven. I six. think that works out to be six. Yeah, uh, I mean you can you can block with it uh, the that turn, but yeah. then yeah, you're not getting to attack with it till the next turn. So how good is a three four at that stage of the of the game sort of thing? So yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, uh, with uh, um, another. Sorry, Sorry uh with
2: the with the card the Shattered States Era, that does have a trample haste. Flip. It does, yes. Right. Um so that one you would be able to attack then, would you? Correct. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep, yep. yep. So so that's three Red Haste. four and red. Yeah, four and red. I'm only looking at the red decks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do the same Clearly. thing these days, Scott. I,
0: I am shocked. <laughs> I just scroll through and look for red cards. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, so
3: one thing, uh, one more thing about this that's um, worth pointing out is if anyone played with the original Flipwalkers, um, they exiled, but they came back into the battlefield under its owner's control. And so, if you stole a creature and then uh, flipped it, it would actually go back not on your side of the battlefield, but on your opponent's. Yes, plenty these plenty ones people say made that
0: mistake. So
3: many the these ones do specifically say under your control. So there are effects. There's some uh, ninjas. That we will come to in a second. That do in fact steal things and cast things from the top of your opponent's deck. So in that case, if you do flip one of these sagas over, you will get the creature. It won't go to your opponent because that feels bad.
0: Yep, good uh, reminder. I, I didn't even think about that, but that is mm. uh, definitely a good point. Especially if that's going to be a theme in in this set or future sets of stealing people's permanents or yeah, casting things off the top of their library.
3: And so I think that's partly why that other one we talked about, the uncommon will return things to their owner's control. Because if you're casting things off your opponent's deck with ninjas, then they will be on the battlefield under your control, but you don't own them. So they will go yep. back. So if there's like a ninjas deck that's doing a lot of that, like I said, there's actually a mind control in this set as well, where you just yeah, straight okay. up steal a thing. So there, there may be a little, it may have some use. It's pretty niche. Yep.
0: So but yeah, cool. Um, before you're into ninjas, yeah I, yeah, I like that, that like, Saga, as we've seen before, the saga is telling a story and it's telling a story, I guess, sort of about or, or it, it ends up with, I guess, a creature that is to do with that story somewhere along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there is, there's one for like Umezawa. It, it, it tells the story of Jite, basically, uh, all the abilities of Jite. And then, uh, and then you get uh, something to do with Umazawa some sort of copy of him or something along those lines. But yeah. There's cool. the Fable yeah.
3: of the Mirror Breaker, which makes a kiki-jiki.
0: Yes, yes. Almost. really cool art, of course. It's amazing. Uh,
3: yep. All right.
0: So, the right, next- ninjas.
3: Yeah, the next mechanic is a returning one. So, this was part of the original Kamigawa set, and it is ninjutsu. So, ninjutsu says uh, it- hmm, How do you describe ninjutsu? It's, it lets you- rep- uh, Okay, hang on. <laughs> It has a mana cost. So, (laughs) there's a shadow shadow walker. I'm trying to think of how to explain it without just reading the rules text. But anyway, it says uh, three in a black return an unblocked attacker you control to hand. Put this card onto the battlefield from your hand tapped and attacking. So, you go to your combat step. You declare your attackers with some creatures. If one of them is unblocked before damage is dealt, you go, I'm going to ninjutsu this creature in. And you pick up the creature that's been attacking and is unblocked. And you put your ninja into play. Your opponent has- There's no counters to this. It's not a counter ability. It's an activated ability. So, there's no like, you know, countering the effect. Uh, And then they can't block it either because it's already unblocked. So, then you get to hit your opponent. And usually, you know, your creature will be bigger or it will have an effect where, you know, you draw a card or all sorts of stuff. Ninjutsu is great. It's- Yeah. Great. (laughs) I don't know what to say. It's complicated. There's a lot of ways you can play- (laughs) with it and there's a lot of mind games that come along with it uh and it lets you kind of hold up your manner in interesting ways and i yeah. think it it's going to be a lot of fun i'm mean, looking forward to playing with it again
2: yeah it's been, yeah, it's been I, a while. I, I hadn't even scrolled up that far and i'm now looking at all the rats
0: yeah <laughs> yes rat lots ninjas. of rats there was, there was there's there's a lot of rat, of rat ninjas, ninjas in the uh, there's actually a uh a turtle ninja in the set as well yep
3: <laughs> and i saw someone saying that you're specifically not legendary so you
1: can play four of them that's the, the Kappa <laughs> Tech Wrecker. That's yeah, just yeah, Turtle so Ninja. That's awesome.
0: Yep. Uh, and this n- is one of those creatures, really cool.
1: incidentally, that Shorty was talking about before that can enter with a death touch counter on it. Hmm. Yeah, okay. That's one of the yeah, one of the ones that's coming back with that, which is cool.
0: Yep. Yeah, so ninjutsu is sort of uh, like you said, Cracker, it leads to some interesting play in combat where it's like, Well, I've got like four mana untapped and I'm attacking with my three one ones and you know, you've got blockers, but you know who who do you want to block and you know if, if you let one of them through then i may flash in this or ninjutsu in this this creature that's got some sort of ability when it deals combat damage to you and yeah you sort of you, you can play quite a lot of mind games and and then if things don't go the way you want it's like okay well i'm just not going to i'm not going to ninjutsu it in and uh, i'll just do something else so yeah, very, very cool and most of the creatures like this that that one you read out is a common so it doesn't mm-hmm. have any uh, extra abilities uh, yeah. but it is effectively a 4 mana 5/5 five five, so returning a 1/1 to your hand and hitting them for 5 is certainly nice but a lot of them do have abilities where if they deal combat damage to a player or when they enter the battlefield that sort of thing they they have some sort of ability so yeah very cool and and we've spoken about it on the podcast before it's a, a mechanic that was well loved Uh, in the original Kamigawa.
3: Yes. So, the couple of things there is if a creature is blocked, that's it. You can't ninjutsu something in. So, even if you, you know, use a removal spell so it's not going to die, it's still been a blocked creature. So, you you have no ability to uh, ninjutsu at that point. So, you, you won't get that in Arena and in Paper, don't think that you-, <laughs> you can do that either. If <laughs> go to your pre-release and be like, ah, I kill your blocker and now I ninjutsu my thing. It's like, no, no, it's been blocked. It stays blocked the whole time.
0: Yeah. Uh, and well, interestingly- Once a creature is declared as it, a blocker, it is blocked.
3: Correct. You can actually do it, and I don't know why you would, but post damage before the end of combat as well. Because yeah, it's still in the, an in the, like, creature. Cl-
0: in the cleanup phase of, of combat. There was there was a time yeah. where you could do that there was a few like combat tricks or removal spells that you would do like post combat because mm-hmm. while you're still in combat, things are still declared like they're still Attackers they and count blockers as an yeah. attacker or blocker, yeah. Or an, an unblocked creature, that sort of thing. So yeah, there's there's very weird corner cases where that comes up.
3: Yep. Okay. All right. it, Next so one. the the last one is called channel. Not the busted card from back in the day, but it is <laughs> <laughs> another activated ability. So, channel is, uh, in this case, It's uh, the example is Greater Tanuki, and it's a channel, two and a green, discard Greater Tanuki, search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield, tapped, then shuffle. So, they are always a discard effect, and there's some mana cost attached to it, and then it will have an effect so, otherwise, you can play this as like a 6 mana 6, 5 with Trample. Again, just a, a common, but you can do other things. So, there's the uh, there's some cards I'm sure we'll, we'll get into. Um, the Besaidu, for example, there's a rare cycle of lands that all have um, channel attached to them. And there's some pretty powerful effects here. So, it's, again, interesting because it is an activated ability, so it's uncounterable. So, you're not casting a spell, you're activ- activating a channel ability and- you know, it's weird because it uses a stack, but it doesn't. <laughs> so, I, yeah. I don't quite know. Yeah, yeah it, it is a discard <laughs> well, it's, effect. It's, it's like it's an cycling. activated ability. Yeah,
0: yeah. exactly. So, right. yeah, you, you can do it at instant speed. You can do it in your opponent's yep. turn, all that sort of thing. And, and, yeah, it's it's just an ability. So, you, you can counter it with stifle or something like that that, sure. that counters an activated ability. But, yeah, it's not a spell that is going on the stack. So, it can't, can't actually be counted in, in that regard. But yeah, same sort of thing as what we were saying before with you know, adventure creatures and, and the uh, the other ones we're looking at, it's mm-hmm. two for ones effectively. It's it's two modes on, on the one card. So like this one, yeah, it's, it's common. It's not a, not a very good example, but it's a 6-5 creature if that's what you want, you know, maybe in your, in your draft deck. But if you're stuck on lands, it's also a way to go and, go and get some lands. So uh, it's, yeah, just having those options is always a good thing. And there's obviously some very powerful ones that we probably will get into a bit later on.
3: Mm-hmm. So those, yeah, those very, are the mechanics. Cool. It's, it's surprisingly, well, last chemical, the original Kamigawa block had some really complicated and, um, unenjoyable, <laughs> I think <laughs> mechanics <laughs> for a lot of people. There was, there was, you know, soul shift and Bushido and a bunch of really weird things, but this, this feels like they've done a really good job in terms of, you know, getting to the the heart of what they want the set to be about and you know giving us a couple of new new ideas and and but still bringing back a couple of the ones that were good from the original set so
0: yeah, looking forward to it. You don't it. want splice onto arcane again and that sort of thing. I mean,
3: I've been goldfishing modern and Storm the last couple of days, and yes, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they're not going to give you rituals again, so. No. <laughs> uh, no, but, like, yeah, like Bushido. I actually liked Bushido, but a lot of people didn't. Uh, Could then, you yeah, so
1: explain all- Bushido for us? Uh,
3: yeah, so a creature would have, like, a Bushido 1, and if it was blocked or declared as a blocker- it would get plus X, plus X. So, you could attack with it as a 1-1, one, one, and if it got through and dealt combat damage, it dealt you 1. But if you blocked it with a 2-2, two, two, then my 1-1 one, one became a 3-3. Three, three. And so, ah. it made combat kind of interesting. It, I, I liked it. It was um was kind of fun.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's cool. And ch- channel was from original Kamigara as well. Yes, it was. So I believe that that um, mechanic. So, yeah, two, two returning mechanics and uh, two, well- Again, or almost like three returning mechanics with sagas I guess yeah um and then yeah the the two new mechanics that actually seem a little bit similar but uh yeah kind of fit in with the theme of the futuristic version of uh of Kamigawa you know like the the reconfigure is all about cool uh, equ- equipment things you know like little little tech things like a little monkey sitting on your shoulder that can either be a little monkey that runs around as a little robot or can I guess attached to your arm or something like that, and, and make you stronger. That, the it's artwork on that rocks. card is just fantastic. Yeah. I love it. Pretty, <laughs> yeah. Little sunshine monkey.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And awesome.
0: um, yeah, the the concept of modified, like you know, for if you've played Cyberpunk or anything like that, like it's all about uh, like enhancements to your to your body and putting you know exoskeletons on and and changing your eyes out to have funky eyes that have cool abilities and. All that sort of stuff, like uh, in- enhancements. So, yeah, v- very cool and-, and definitely on theme.
1: So, uh, yeah. Cool. I'm surprised to note that in this article about mechanics, there's no mention of complete. Yeah, com- completed? Completed? Yes. <laughs> Do we want to go over that? Uh, <laughs> we-
0: uh, it-, it seems like it's only on the one it's- card. It yeah, is It's just all on the I've one. seen it on so far. Yeah. yeah I-, I think so it'll, it'll be
3: uh, uh, a rare carrying thing. Over the next few sets, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah,
0: I think it'll be in the next few sets. So the card we're talking about is Tamio completed Sage and completed is spelt C O M P L E A T E D, and that's what they use for things relating to Phyrexians. Uh, and yeah, I think everyone's been pretty sad this week of all the yeah. Vorthos people because nah. uh, Tam- Tamio was a pretty well loved character. Who we've seen a bunch of times, and uh, yeah, now she's dead. <laughs> Or no, she's effectively not. dead. She's, she's not no dead. longer she's, completed. she's no longer uh has living parts, I think it is. Like you, when you're completed you become like all robot, effectively, something along those lines. Something like I that. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah. It's a good story, actually. Yeah. The the card is uh Two green, blue, and then it has a hybrid mana symbol. So it's got the green, blue hybrid mana symbol, but instead of having little forests and little islands on that hybrid symbol, it has Phyrexian icons, which I did not think we would ever see again. I didn't on think a, we'd uh, see Phyrexian mana either. No. So yeah, this is Phyrexian mana from uh, the last time we had Phyrexian mana, which, uh, released a whole bunch of broken cards into the world <laughs> um so yeah you can you can pay like the the, the base cost is two green blue so four, four mana and then you either pay another green or another blue or you pay two life which was uh the same as previous phyrexian phyrexian mana stuff planeswalker five loyalty plus one tap up to one target artifact or creature it doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step uh, minus X, exile target non-land permanent card with mana value X from your graveyard. Create a token that's a copy of that card. And then minus seven, you create Tamio's Notebook, uh, which is a legendary colorless artifact token, not an emblem, which is interesting, uh, that has with spells you cast, cost two less to cast and tap, draw a card. So I guess because it has an activated ability on it, they couldn't make it an emblem because an emblem sort of doesn't exist. But anyway, mm. um, yeah. And then it has the completed... Uh, keyword on it which explains how you can pay for that mana cost but it says if life was paid this planeswalker enters with two fewer loyalty counters so so an actual pay... drawback
1: is what we're yeah seeing there. yeah
0: yep so you can pay the full five mana and it comes in with five loyalty or you can pay four mana and two life and it comes in with three loyalty so yeah interesting mechanic and a good way to put a downside on the paying life because we've definitely seen over the years that you know, cards like uh, Witch Member, Dismember, <laughs> you know, one black-black, but the the two blacks are uh, Phyrexian mana. Paying four life for something is uh, is not really a drawback in uh, in modern formats and things like that. So having an extra downside tacked onto the losing life is pretty cool and it just gives you those options for when you want to play this card. And uh, yeah, like Krager said, I think we're going to see more of this mechanic in probably the uh, the Brothers War set that comes out in uh later on this year yeah
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. all right so this set looks really cool we've spoken about it before cool mechanics i'm pretty happy with all those mechanics i think you guys are too yeah looks looks awesome i'm I'm keen to get into it so scott
3: i think Mm -hmm. i know i think i know what has drawn you to kamigawa because it's what (laughs) drew me to kamigawa originally it's four-armed snakes man it's, it's it's snakes. It's, I still don't, they're, they're back. They're the they've got you've got four uh, snakes with four arms again. Actually, I'm not talking about any of those, but I,
2: just too what, what are you talking Literally oh, go. Snakes, snakes, snakes with four arms. There are snakes
3: that not with a, they have literally four additional limbs. And in in the original Kamigawa block, they actually had six limbs. They had like yeah, leg as, well. as well. It was really weird. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. <laughs> they decided they, to do turned it those. back a little bit.
2: <laughs> yeah, I couldn't work out what you were on about, and then suddenly I have scrolled down a bit, and there's like four cards looking at me now with four
0: arms All
2: yeah. yeah. these snakes. <laughs> I'm just disappointed. There's no ninjas in red. It's
3: not uh, a red mechanic. It's 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 generally
0: a blue and black mechanic for the ninjas. You'll see a lot more. Samurai in uh, in like red yeah, and white. Yeah, lots of samurai. Yeah, because the sa- samurai are meant to be the good guys, sort of. Uh, and yeah, generally, the you'll find them in the in the red and white colours. And then the ninjas are meant to be the the bad guys, sort of thing. And they're more found in the the blue and black colours. So the, there may be a little bit of crossover here and there, but that's generally how they they're, they're going to do it. But uh, yeah, we started off this podcast, Scott. You're sort of getting into. You know why you were excited to get back on this on the podcast and talk about this stuff. So, what like what are you seeing that's really sort of drawing you into into Kamigawa? Um, well,
2: the two cards in particular that got me excited was the Guru Guru card, uh, the disciple disciple of how do you pronounce it? Ryusi? disciple, right? Disciple? disciple of right Ry- oh, Yeah, that was a, that was a good looking card. I like the way that I mean it's. In- Every all, all the red cards I'm looking at though, and, and I am predominantly looking at the red cards. It's all haste. It's just haste everywhere. <laughs> um, and so anything with haste on it, it's you know I mean I, I think haste is a red thing anyway, isn't it? That's what you yes. see a lot of the red cards. So, Big time. Um, yeah. So this has haste. It's very cheap. Um, it's it's a red and a one to bring on. That the haste is just a red card, a red, ca- uh, a, a red uh, mana card. And then it's the dragon um, that you can bring on a five-five dragon with flying. I thought, okay. Um, and now I'm not going to know um, the ins and outs of all these cards like you guys will. Like I, I'm just looking at them purely from a from an outsider's perspective, with no idea about how they're going to, you know, the, how they're going to synchronize together and all that sort of stuff. I just, I just like what I see on these cards. And the other one I liked was Invoke Calamity. That I thought. Now that's the sort of burn type card that I like, where you're going to quickly fill up your your graveyard with red cheap spell cards, um, burn cards, and you're going to be able to bring them back out again with this with this card. It seems a bit expensive though. Was it four and one? Yeah, it's five mana. Um, yeah, cast two instant and all sorcery spells with a total mana value of six or less from your graveyard without paying their mana cost, which I thought was quite cool. Um, so I just know from the sorts of decks that I normally play, my graveyard very quickly fills up with burn type spells so with this sort of card i'll be able to just draw up on those again um, and the other two cards i like and again this is probably where you guys will be able to explain it a little bit better as far as why it's important or not i just purely like the artwork um, and it was Hiiko and Narika, the two sisters and i didn't even know there was another sister until cracker um, brought it to my attention the other day in discord uh, about Narika, because again i was purely looking at the reds um, and I thought, oh, he's, they've got a sister in white. The only problem with that is I would want to have them both in my deck, um, but that would then mean polluting my deck with white cards, which is something <laughs> I'm not going to want to do. So, <laughs> Hang yeah, on. You've you, right you got a red and you, white commander oh, deck. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, I, I,
3: yeah. I agree, Scott. I agree. Uh, <laughs> so do you, want to, do you want to read the cards out, the Yamazakis?
2: The the two sisters, yeah. yeah so with um, with Hiko, you've got... Um, She's a three and a a red. Uh, She's got trample. She's a three, three. Whenever a samurai or warrior you control attacks alone. Now, I need you guys to explain that particular part to me. Um, You may cast a target artifact card from your graveyard this turn. Um, Narika, virtually the same.
3: Hang hang on. Do you want to just explain that first?
2: It's the the same on the other card.
3: It's the same on the, except it's, yeah, okay, sorry.
2: So, yeah, so with with Narika, um she's a white, uh, so she's two and a white. She's got Vigilance, though, compared to Trample that her sister has. Same uh, mechanic, though. Whenever a Samurai or Warrior you control attacks alone, you may cast Target Enchantment card instead of Artifact on the other card from your graveyard this turn, and she's a 3-2. What I don't quite understand, though, is when a Samurai or Warrior you control attacks alone. So does that mean you can only have one of your Samurai or Warriors attack? for this Just ability to kick in any
3: it has to be a single creature and a either samurai or warrior type
2: okay so if so you had three creatures ready to attack and all yep. three decided to attack this wouldn't kick in then is that correct. correct correct
0: yep okay and even if you had if you had three creatures and only one of them was a samurai and you attacked with all three creatures it still wouldn't uh, trigger because it's it's yes you've got a, a samurai or a warrior attacking but it's not attacking alone so it's a I, I don't know how that's going to go in terms of power level like general especially red decks you're not wanting to just attack with with one creature I guess like thematically it's it's really cool you know just sort of that lone samurai getting out there and and attacking and and getting some sort of benefit from it but yeah you, you're generally wanting to attack with more than one creature and. We've seen in the past, like uh, mechanics like Exalted, where when a, a creature attacks alone, you get Exalted triggers and you, you get a bunch of plus one, plus ones on your on your creature that's attacking. So we may see, I haven't seen enough to know about Samurais and Warriors attacking alone, if we're gonna get enough benefit from that. But yeah, yeah it's it, That's what it, I couldn't
2: understand. Cause I know from a red player, I just want to attack with everything I can uh, yeah. and quickly if possible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I couldn't quite understand that particular part of how's that going to benefit me? But I suppose if I had an artifact that was dispelled or, or, or put into my graveyard early on the piece, I could potentially use that ability,
0: I would assume, to bring it back. Yeah. I mean if there's if, if there's enough abilities that, that have this sort of trigger and you build a samurai or a warrior deck, it, it might be the case that you've got four or five creatures, but if you attack with just the one, you get enough benefit you know, and it's not just going to be returning artifact cards and enchantments. It might be like the creature gets plus three, plus four and gets trample and gains something else because it's sort of stacking from multiple creatures all giving it the bonus. So yeah, yeah we'd have to sort of see the full set to know, but not, I like that they haven't just restricted it to samurai Uh, because if if it was just samurai you know whenever a samurai attacks alone we we're really only going to see samurai in this set whereas by having it samurai or warriors warrior warrior is a is a creature type that we see a lot of so it it means that as we get more and more sets you get more and more warriors it's potentially going to get to a point where it's like oh okay now we've got a really good deck and we can put these in and we we sort of get that that synergy so Mm.
1: yeah very
0: cool i like the um the flavor text on these two cards as well so you've got Hiko, who's the the red one, who's the general, and their flavor text is, I prefer to let my sword do the talking. And then uh, Narika, who's the poet, uh, the blades will have their say, but peace is built with words. uh, (laughs) Very nice. Obviously, uh, opposite sides of the coin, these two.
3: (laughs) And nice callback to the Brothers Yamazaki from the original set as
0: well. Ah, yeah, that's right. I was wondering where I'd heard that um, surname before. So that's the Brothers. It's true.
1: These guys had Bushido 1.
0: I did that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Awesome. <Yep.
1: laughs> anyway. I need to I need to do more with Bishooto. I remember seeing it once when we did a like a chaos draft and it was like, man, I don't know what this thing is, but it sounds cool. Yep. It's just a cool word.
0: Yes. <laughs> <is. laughs> um the before we move off that, the Goro Goro that you flagged, Scott, the two mana two two, that's fine Uh, like the five mana ability of creating a dragon is pretty cool but it's you can only activate it if you control an attacking modified creature so that's Mm -hmm. an an interesting yeah thing but the single red mana to give your creatures haste is actually quite a good ability we've seen that pop up on random other things here and there and and often it gets used in combo decks Uh, where you, you know, you're creating a bunch of creatures sort of all in one turn and then being able to give them all haste means you can actually win the game. So we don't see that effect very often. So just something to sort of keep in in the back of your mind because, yeah, you know, you, and, and, you know, if you play this creature on turn three, you've got three mana, you can play it and then use its ability and give itself haste and attack with it straight away. So yeah, pretty cool. I like it.
3: Also good in grill decks where you've got big green creatures you want to just. Pay the extra mana to give them haste and yep. kind of crash in there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, and and it is also all creatures. Creatures you control gain haste. It's not just mm-hmm. one creature.
3: Yep. Uh, yeah. Cool.
0: All
3: right. So what have you got, Shorty? What's, what's the top of your list?
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, well, while we're we talking about red cards, let's just talk about some more more red cards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this one is in Spanish, I think. So we don't have the official name, but it's it's down as Reforged Ronan. And, uh, I was actually listening to, um, Half Arse History today about, uh, the 47 Ronin. That was a, that was a good episode. So, yeah, it was the, a good episode. Yeah. The Ronin are, uh, the samurais whose, uh, lord has been killed or been, uh, forced to kill themselves because they've been shamed or whatever. And so they, they basically just sort of become outlaws because they, they can't really do much else. But, uh, yeah, go and check it out. Half Arse History, Riley Knight, uh, fellow Aussie. So, uh, yeah, go on, go and check it out. Good, good podcast. Uh, but yeah, he's a sing- single red for a an artifact creature, human samurai, and it uh, it's a 2-2. So one one mana for a 2-2 with haste. Ooh, I'm in. Scott, cool. you, sh- you yep. should be all in. <laughs> I'm just... I, got, I, I wonder why I didn't
2: see this card when I was reviewing the decks, so, all the yeah. cards earlier, and I thought maybe it was just because it was in Spanish and I just passed yeah, over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea uh, what but it was. But
0: it, it does have a downside. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, return Reforged Ronin to its owner's hand. So it's... Kind of like a creature with dash, which is fine. That's, like, that's a mechanic we've seen before. But, yeah, 1-mana 2-2 two, two haste. More than happy to be bouncing that back to my hand. That's that's no worries. But also has the channel ability. So, it's 1 and a red, and you discard it, as you do with all the, the channel cards, and then draw a card. So, this is, like, this is exactly what a mono-red aggressive deck wants. It's a 1-mana 2-2 haste. Perfect. It bounces back to your hand, so it's not getting killed on your opponent's turn. That's fantastic. And then later on in the game, when a one mana two two with haste is no good for you, you just pay two mana and just cycle it, discard it, and draw a card. So, yep. And also, it is an uncommon. Well done, wizards! Thank you for creating uh, non-rare, really cool cards that I'm going to craft straight away. So, I'm, very I'm writing this. I'm writing this one down on my list. Very <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: good. Get, get, getting ready for the pre-release. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, Stu, give us uh, give us one of yours.
1: Uh, yeah, I have got the. Hang on, sorry, I've lost my link. Here we go. Satsuki the Living Law. When this was. Uh, what's the word? Uh, spoiled? Preview. Spoiler. Preview. Previewed. Yesterday, I just. I don't know, the art about it just looked fantastic. And then. So, yeah, Satsuki the Living Law. It's a green and a white legendary creature, human druid. And it has tap. Put a law counter on each saga you control. Activate only as a sorcery. And when Satsuki, the Living Lord, dies, choose up to one. Return target saga, target saga, or enchantment creature you control to its owner's hand, or return target saga a card from your graveyard to your hand. And it's a one-three. So we can, you know, we you talk about ramp and mana ramp, but you can actually saga ramp with this card, which I think is cool. When you yeah. when you go back to looking at. There's lots of sagas in green and white, but we we're talking about where certain sagas. Now I don't know how well this will work, but I'm keen to try it out, and probably more so in Commander. But there are those sagas where maybe the first chapter's quite good, but the second chapter's a bit ho hum. If you have a Satsuki down, you can tap it and bump it up, and just get that creature out that you might might prefer to have as opposed to one of those one of the previous chapters. I think it's really cool.
0: Yeah, nice. Be in- interesting to see how it goes.
1: I, I, yeah, I don't know how strong it'll be in standard, but it, there's so much support for sagas in previous sets now that, yeah, I think it'd make a really great commander. So I'm keen to, keen to give it a try. Sounds good.
0: All right. Cracker. You've yeah. got uh, one at the top of your list that uh, oh, I know you've buddy. cast a, a previous version of. Well, probably not cast. Have you ever cast it? Uh, my- no,
3: because it costs 10 mana. <laughs> I have cast it. Gen Gataxius. <laughs> Progress Tyrant. Uh, So, Jinkitaxias, legendary creature Phyrexian Praetor. He is the big bad of this set and he's a 5-5. Whenever you cast an artifact, instant or sorcery spell, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. This ability triggers only one each- (laughs) once each turn. A copy of a permanent becomes a token- a permanent spell becomes a token. I mean, that's exactly the kind of response I expect from my opponents when you resolve this card. Uh. Oh. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Listen, man. That is is not. (laughs) That's crazy, man.
3: (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. There's more. There's more. Whenever an opponent casts an artifact, instant, or sorcery spell, counter that spell. This ability triggers only once each turn.
1: Oh, that seems fair. That's all right. That's balanced. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I'd be conceding at that point.
0: <laughs> you just get it as soon as you see an island. Yeah, you, as soon as I
1: see anything blue, I'm out. <laughs> Scott Scott taps out for his invoked <laughs> calamity. Oh, <laughs> Can't do. um, yeah, doubling
3: your spells, pretty great. I don't, I don't know what else there is to say. It costs seven mana. You know, you can counter him. He doesn't have flash. He yeah, seems is it, is it better
0: strong. than whole whole breaker horror or Leah in? Uh- Current no, standard, you, you probably have it as a one off Yeah,
3: you know, and, and look, uh, I don't care <laughs> if it's better yeah. than standard or not. It's it's just it's a great card. It seems like a lot of yeah. fun for me.
0: If you resolve it, it's pretty hard to kill because it's uh, like the second clause. Well, I, I guess I guess well, both have clauses because like both both it, clauses tick- trigger both only spells. only once each turn. But it's like each player's turn. So mm-hmm. if you, if it resolves, your opponent basically cannot kill it because they try and kill it on your turn and it just gets counted. And then they untap and try and kill it on their turn and it just gets counted. So you need two removal spells. Yes. That you you can cast in the same turn. (laughs) Yeah. This is a card that's designed
2: just to ruin a red player's day. It's, (laughs) If you're oh, oh. a red player and your
0: opponent is resolving a spell like this, you've already lost. You've yeah, lost man. Already. If I can
3: get to seven <laughs> mana, that's your
0: problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. You yeah. were too slow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. That's, a, that's an interesting one. Stu, do you want to give us a uh, another one?
1: Yeah. Uh, the Wandering Emperor. Wandering Emperor. So this is the Wanderer, right? Like, Yeah. Yep. Sure we- is. We,
0: we, we didn't really know
1: much about. We- and we probably still don't know a whole lot. No. Two yeah, we know white, Two white white legendary planeswalker. That's it. No Yeah, no, no, type, no type line. Which is really interesting. Now, mm. so she has flash, and as long as the wandering emperor entered the battlefield this turn, you may activate her loyalty abilities any time you could cast an instant. Her plus one is put a plus one plus one counter on up to one target creature. It gains first strike until end of turn. Her minus one is create a 2-2 two, two white samurai creature token with vigilance. And a minus two is exile target tapped creature. You gain two life. And she, yeah, she comes into the battlefield with three loyalty. It's just whatever your opponent's doing, you can flash this in. Say in there that they've declared attackers. You can flash this in, bump up something for a block to you know, or create another blocker, or just exile that to tap tapped attacking creature. I really like the look of this card.
0: It's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, and it and seems it's, awesome. It's in that mana cost like we saw it with like, settle the wreckage, things like that. It's like, okay, I'm going to attack, but my opponent has four, four mana, open. including white, open. Uh, do I attack with everything? And then, yeah, if if they don't, exactly like I said, like, you can just flash it in at the end of turn and create a 2-2 and then untap and make that 2-2 a 3-3 with first strike. So it's... um. It's pretty cool. I, I did just like for curiosity's sake I just looked up the previous version of the Wanderer from War of the Spark and that was also just legendary planeswalker with no, you know, legendary planeswalker Wanderer Correct. Or, or anything like that. So, yeah, that's um so yeah, there's more to, to play
1: st- out in this story. Yeah, yep.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah, she's I, I quite like the that emperor from the story. Yeah. Yes, she is. And
0: yeah. she so, It's 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 a really story. Yeah, she yeah, has her, trouble so, staying. She she like yeah, accidentally so, planeswalks all the time. Tesseret
3: did something to her, which triggered her spark, and her spark is unstable. So she she can't actually like tether herself to a realm.
1: Right
3: is is the thing. So, so I've so read
1: all of this, but it does yeah. Cool. No,
3: there was it was, it was a good story actually. I was I haven't read them for ages, but I was like, no, this one seems cool. I'm, I'm interested in it. So I yeah, nice. I, I read up on, on the the Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crack it a in it <laughs> and uh, let me tell you he got his big old claws into Tamio and that's what happened to her <laughs> yes yes
1: <laughs> rip
0: um, one thing with rip. this is like you can as you said, you can flash it in after attackers have cleared it, been declared. So the minus two ability, which you can use straight away because it comes in with three loyalty, is exile target tapped creature. So yeah, you can just straight up exile that that tapped creature that yeah. is that is attacking you before you declare any other blockers or, or do anything else. So yeah, and very cool.
3: Along that line, uh if they've already declared attackers, uh, they can't declare the Wandering Emperor as a target.
1: Yeah, it can't. correct. So, so you, you, you actually for, have at least two turns. G-
3: yeah, correct. So, yeah, you have to um, say I'm attacking the Wandering Emperor. It has to be in the battlefield at the beginning of the combat step for you to be able to do that. So, yeah, uh, you definitely get all the advantages with this one,
1: which I think is really sweet. So, I don't know yep. if she has a home yet, you know, thinking about Mono White and what it's doing. Who knows what Mono White's doing? Mono White's been pretty strong,
0: but we that just had Faithless, Faithless yeah. Haven banned. So, uh, yeah. It's yeah, got,
1: it feels
3: like potential. if there's a Samurai deck or something like yeah. the Red White deck it that might be the place for it
0: yeah maybe so yep cool all right uh, i'm going to mention a card that was on chewy's list uh, that's probably the most talked about card and i uh, actually looked up was like oh i should i should buy some of these cards as pre-order like they're, <coughs> they're just going to be worth a lot of money and uh, yeah it turns out they're already pre-ordering really high so uh, i uh, canceled that idea 40, uh, this 50 is uh, yeah so this is You who endures so we had in original kamagawa we had a Cycle of legendary lands that, that's the fringe modern play, like, uh, Manamo and Oboro and can't remember any of the other ones. Uh, so we've got another cycle and, uh, yeah, this is the green one. So they're all legendary lands. They all come into play untapped and tap for whatever their color is. So this one is the green one. So it just taps for, for a green mana. And they all have the channel ability. So it's, this one is one and a green and you discard it as you do with the others and then it has an ability. So this one is, destroy target artifact, enchantment, or non-basic land an opponent controls. That player may search their library for a land with a basic land type, put it onto the battlefield, and then shuffle. This ability costs one less to activate for each legendary creature you control. So all of these legendary lands have that same uh, discount for legendary creatures you control, which I don't think is gonna be that hard to uh, to trigger in, in this set. And it was the same in the previous Kamigawa. There is a lot of legends. I mean, it already only costs one and a green, so it's it's the cost of you know naturalize or, or whatever your uh, equivalent artifact destruction is. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's a land. It takes up a land slot, but it's also a spell that is uncounterable because it is the channel ability. It can deal with an artifact, an enchantment, or a non-basic land. So all of them are really good options to have. Your opponent does get to search up a land, which is a downside, and the land that they get it it's this is something we haven't seen for quite a while. It's, uh, a search for a land with a basic land type. So that means you can actually get dual lands or triomes or, or any, anything that says forest, island, mountain, that, that sort of thing. So it's not just a basic land. It's a basic land type. So you're not actually like blowing up a triome and ruining their mana base, uh, by making them go and get a basic or, or running them out of basics. It's, it's not quite that good. Uh, but, yeah, very good. Uh, this is going to go into every single green commander deck straight away. Uh, so, there, that's where your uh, your pre-sale price <laughs> comes from, all the commander players mm-hmm. buying them up. And uh, pretty much any deck that is playing green is going to play at least one of these because there is no downside to playing one. What do you reckon, Cracker? Good? Not good?
3: Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it just it just is like it, yes. i mean you talk about two for ones and like you said it it takes up a land slot so we've seen so many times where if your land can do something more than just be mana then it's just ridiculous and and yeah, this is also awesome. the, the there's a DFCs. lot of yeah yeah exactly or you know creature lands and that sort of stuff you know they just yeah. if if there's any kind of additional value where it's you know you get a spell without it having to take up a spell slot the fact that it comes into play untapped huge like, the original, the original cycle with Basaju, which made a target spell or made a spell uncounterable, they all entered to play tapped. And you'll see that a lot of the times on, you know, these lands with upside is that they'll enter tapped as kind of a downside. But, yeah, these, these things are great. And I think you'll play more than one because I think you'll find that every deck now is going to have some amount of artifact or enchantments. They're just, there's yeah. so many in the last few sets. They're so good. And, I mean, I would just- if I was four playing off, green, just three, three or four of these. Yeah, like, I, I don't see why you na- wouldn't naturalize yeah. on a land is
0: very yep. good. Yeah, yeah. I think I think at least two is going to be standard. There's there's almost yes. no downside to playing two. Some decks will want three or four, and probably not many.
3: Yeah, if you want a green or two color, then you would. But you know, once you start yeah. getting into more, then yes, it gets harder. Mm.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, very cool. Um, I don't know if we've seen all. I know the red one creates some spirits with haste, and the black one does a bit of milling. And then you can return a, a creature or planeswalker. I can't remember what the white one does. I don't
1: think we've seen the white one yet.
0: Yeah, okay. But no, yeah, no all, white. all of them are all of them are similar. Uh, the blue one is return target artifact creature enchantment or planeswalker to its owner's hand. So the, it's it's odd that the blue one, the black one, and the red one all cost three and a color for their activated ability for the channel ability, whereas the green one, of course, green is the. Uh, the super powerful colour these days, the green one, only costs two mana instead of four. Is that probably <laughs> also the
1: strongest effect? Uh, most likely, Ability, yeah. looking at that? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Cards busted. Yeah. It's going to get uh, <laughs> fixed up in academy. Uh, what's it called? Alchemy. Academy. Alchemy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: It,
3: it, it's the sort of effect that you would sideboard in. You would have naturalizers yes, yeah, yeah. or disenchants, you know, two or three copies in a sideboard, and now you just don't have to bother, which just frees up space, which is nuts.
0: Yeah. All right. Cracker, give us another one.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a target for that there, Land. This one is called <laughs> Neck Titan Core. It's two mana for an artifact vehicle. Oh, by the way, vehicles are back. There's it's called the Voltron. It is absolutely Voltron. So, it's a 2 four <laughs> artifact vehicle. It has a, co- a crew cost of two. No one cares about that. It says five generic mana. Exile Mech Titan Core and four other artifacts, creatures, and or vehicles you control. Create Mech Titan, a legendary ten ten construct artifact creature token with flying, vigilance, trample, lifelink, and haste. (laughs) That's all colors. When that token leaves the battlefield, return all cards. Exiled with Mech Titan Core, except Mech Titan Core, to the battlefield, tapped under their owner's control. I'm so excited about this. So- (laughs) It's a lot of what- text. It's so much text. <laughs> I don't care. I'm super excited about it. So, so one of the things that I, I loved about original Kamigawa is Kaldra, right? Like the- the Well, that was dark Steel, right? That was just before, but I played it in the Kamigawa set a lot. was trying to assemble Kaldra, which was this, you know, five five thing. Anyway, whatever. This is, as Shorty said, it's just Voltron. So, it, it, literally, I was reading Twitter from one of the set designers who was like- Heavily influenced in, um, you know, like early '80s and '90s cartoons, and you know, Voltron was one of those things. And they just went, "Well, we're going to build it in this set because <laughs> they could." Well, I mean, and it's on theme. Why not? It absolutely is on theme. You know, it is Japanese. It is, you know, there's mechs and stuff. So yeah, I mean, this thing's just sweet. This this is the new challenge, I, I think. Amazing you, artwork, if you get to too. Assemble Voltron. Ah, it looks so
0: good. It's actually like. Forgetting all the, the slab of text that's in the middle there. It's a two mana, two, four with crew two. Mm-hmm. That's yep. like fine. That's, that's not bad at all. And there's things that you can do with vehicles. And like, I know Tezret can, can make vehicles into creatures and things like that as well. So like, that's fine on its own. And then the fact that obviously it's a crazy 1010 <laughs> with oh, all the yeah. abilities sort of thing. If, if you get there, but the fact that you get. Like if, if someone kills the uh, the token, you get all of those artifacts back that you sacrificed, except for the the mech titan core. So you're not yeah. you're not exactly losing everything. The, the other yeah, thing you're not, to notice not
3: down the mana on all the other cards, which is really good.
0: Yeah, it's not the way it's worded. It's not when it dies. No. it's when that token leaves the battlefield. So even if You know, we've seen that in the past, like, oh, sweet, I've got this token, and then someone just bounces it to your hand and it's gone, and then you would just lose all of the the artifacts that you'd sacrificed or exiled for it. That would suck. They've thought about that and gone, okay, well, if someone bounces that token, well, there you go, you get all four of those artifacts
3: back. Man, someone is going to Fading Hope, my mech titan, and I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) cry.
0: You get them all back, and then you just play another mech titan and just do it all again. I'll I'll be so sad. (laughs) Yeah, I think
2: if I was the opponent, I'd just let you do it. I'd just say, "Okay, oh, yeah. I, I, I just want to see this thing appear." But but under the proviso that you, yeah, yeah, but the only proviso you'd have to sing the Evangelion song or something while you're bringing it in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, nice. All right. What do you got, so- Shorty? Uh, I don't think that'll do for tonight. We're, we're going pretty okay. long. Uh, we'll, we'll probably have more to to talk about the next week. Uh, the other other card I was going to mention was a card called "You Are Already Dead," just because the <laughs> it's just the right. awesome name <laughs> for a card. But uh, yeah, che- Chewy had a couple to talk about. But uh, yeah, we might get into those next week because we have gone quite long. So um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty hyped for this set. I I cannot wait to get my hands on some of these cards like Crack the Packs and just see all the alternate arts and, and all that sort of stuff. Scott, are you actually like you buying some physical copies of these? I know you said you're going to the pre release.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, when definitely. I I mean I, I I swore that I wasn't gonna buy any more booster boxes uh, going, <laughs> going forward. They suck you back in. <laughs> <laughs> but this one I'm going to. Uh I don't yeah. know if I'll buy the bundle, because uh, I don't think the bundles are worth it much anymore. But yeah. um, but the booster box, yeah, I think I'll pre-order that, and I'll pre-order the arena versions as well, I suppose.
3: Yep. H- have you ever cracked a collector's booster by any chance? No, no. K- mm.
0: <laughs> well, you're gonna you're gonna, mm. you gonna buy me one. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Chris is buying any uh, collector's boxes of this set. He's he's sort of gone off of buying the the standard sets, but. Yeah, if, if you want to be cracking the, the packs to have the all the, like, really pretty alternate arts and, and all that sort of thing, then, yeah, collector's collectors booster boxes is the, the way to go for that sort of thing. But they they're are expensive, quite though, a bit expensive. Very, Oh, yeah, they're oh, very expensive. They
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh now, and I know uh, this is... I'm going off subject a bit, but I've noticed is draft booster boxes and... Um, set booster boxes. Set, boos- set booster boxes. Is that all... That's new now, is it? That's something that's fairly new. And why would you buy a draft booster box over a set one because to draft
3: to draft <laughs> that's the but that's I know the to only draft, reason but like
2: but it's like isn't there less cu- less booster packs in the box
0: and there's even yes. less cards in the booster so the, packs themselves the, the, the draft boosters are like your traditional booster packs that have the 15 cards and it's you know 10, 10 commons 3 uncommons and all that sort of thing so that you can actually draft with them the set boosters are you have a the, I think there's less cards in the boosters. There's also less packs in the box, but the, you get, there's more slots in the booster for rares and uncommons and alternate printings and uh. the chances of getting fancy cards is increased and things like that. So it's, it's, it's basically like if you, if you want to draft them, you buy draft boosters. If you want to buy cards because you want nice stuff and still a decent amount of cards you buy the set boosters if you just want to buy the really fancy stuff and you got lots of money then you buy collector's boosters okay and that's that's basically the way it goes these days so yeah pick pick your poison and uh inject that cardboard crack straight into your (laughs) veins (laughs) (laughs) all right so yeah you are going to pre-release uh, next weekend?
2: Yeah, on Sunday the 13th, uh, my yep. local gaming stores, they have obviously, like all the stores, they've got events happening over the three days, uh, starting on the Friday night. But uh, Sunday just worked out well for me. We've got to take the docs to the vets on Saturday
0: and real-life issues. Um, yep. So,
2: yeah, Sunday for us.
0: Yep. I think the rest of us are hoping to get to a pre-release, but we'll have to see how that actually pans out. Uh, yeah, as as you said, real life gets in the way of playing magic sometimes, which is un- unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, speaking of playing magic, like before we let you go, you know we don't uh, we don't have you on here very often. You you came prepared with some notes. You've been playing some magic.
1: I have like, been. This, this is not just a
0: this is not just a oh I saw some Kamigawa cards and I wanted to come on. It's you. You've actually been playing. Yeah. Hey, you'll be very proud of me because for the first time
2: ever, and I, and I mean ever, I actually, I'm using a sideboard. Well, never. I, I never, don't even I, know what that is. Never done that before <laughs> in my life. I didn't care. Uh, the, the amount of times I'll be playing in in stores or wherever, or even against you guys, and I'll, I'll quickly check my sideboard. I'll be thinking, yeah, I can't remember that sort of stuff. <laughs> just, and, just just
0: flip <laughs> flip through fifteen cards. Yep, I'll just put those yeah. back. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and it's and it's only because I've been playing the Boris Burn on um, arena. And uh, a lot of the cards in that deck have the learn ability, which I knew nothing about. Ah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And for the first few games, I was playing it thinking, I've got all these stupid cards popping up with learn all over it. Can't think. What am I? What am I going to do with any of this? And of course, every time I would go to do it, Arena would tell me, "Well, you don't have any learn in you know. You get nothing in, in your sideboard. In, I haven't got a sideboard. You have no I lessons. Thought, I had no lessons to learn. So I thought, Ah, okay. I need to create a sideboard. So we went back onto uh, onto because it was saffron all um, budget deck that I looked yep. at, and of course he's got his. So I I put my sideboards in there, and now oh, it's a whole new world it's just uh, it's just <laughs> opened everything right up to me now so yeah I'm, I'm having fun with that deck it's it works really well with i mean obviously it's all based around chandra um and then her working alongside flame breather and is it um thermo alchemist those yep, three yep. cards, when they're working together on the table, they're just it's just its just great fun. It brings me back to the days when I was playing the Calamity. Um, what was that card called? Calamity Cascade? Yeah, Cav- Clim- Cavalcade. Cavalcade, Calamity. that's yep. it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Seeing all those little fireballs going off. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, its it's been fun. I mean, I'm still in the bronze. I've only just been playing properly for the last week or so, but I'm, I'm having a ball.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm just looking at the list now. It's yeah, the four Kessic Flame Breathers and four Thermo Alchemists that, that ping your opponents when you cast non-creature spells, and you got four Chandra, and then just 28 burn spells, basically. Yeah, so it's all burn spells. <laughs> I uh, I like it. I, I may actually have to uh, i may actually have to craft this and give it a go. Looks looks like a lot of fun. And there's some good cards in the sideboard too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> Uh, that's classic <laughs> <laughs> all right well yeah you have to keep playing it and then uh, maybe you can put in a few new cards from kamigawa and then come back in a few weeks and report back to uh how it's going in the metagame give us mm-hmm. a uh, some in-depth analysis on boros burn in in uh neon dynasty standard yeah sounds, by then i'll be like an playing. expert so you know yep you'll be, he'll be <laughs> up there in mythic sweet <laughs> No, very good all right so I think that's pretty much going to do us for tonight the last thing to mention is we have our first event in the tournament series for 2022 kicking off this Saturday Are you going to come play in this one Scott I think you said you're busy you'd take the dogs somewhere but when is it this Saturday starting 11am so Feb the 5th 11am Melbourne time uh, historic one-day event. So that's the first event in the tournament series and uh, oh. yeah, free to enter as they always are. 250 bucks in cash and prizes.
2: Historic. Man, I'm just getting my head around sideboards that are like historic, so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, so just fine, man. You can play
3: standard decks in it. It's yeah. completely legal.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's You can play your standard deck, no worries. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you're not registered for that already, make sure you get in on that. It's your first chance to get those all-important invitational points Start uh, making your way up the leaderboard and yeah, earn yourself some cash. So it should be good fun. I'll be streaming it for the day. Uh, Stu, I know you're playing. Cracker, have you uh, figured out if you're playing or not? I
3: don't know yet. Sorry.
0: <laughs> cool. I need to, re- I'll have to register soon.
1: <laughs> I'm yes. <laughs> We're so med- submitting your deck, deck
0: lists. Yes, yes. Got to submit your deck lists. So. Yep. We've already had one deck list submitted already. Uh, Hamburgers got in nice and early. Keen. I think we're at 24, 25 players, which is a good showing for our our first event. And I wouldn't be surprised if that ends up somewhere around the 30 mark. So get in on that. Always a lot of fun. I'll be streaming my matches. And then uh, if I'm playing some sort of red deck, I'll definitely be streaming other people's matches and, and doing some commentary. So come and join us for that. Uh I will have some things to give away as well. Uh thanks to again some kind donations from ridiculous people in our community. So uh come and join us for that. I'll give them away on on stream. So if you can't play in that event, you should keep an eye out for our uh, our first league that will kick off. Uh, we'll announce that once we're uh, we've locked everything in place, but it should be a couple of weeks after Neon Dynasty. Releases and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll kick off there. The league is in a similar format to what we've done last year with, uh, with plenty of prizes. So, best place to get in on all, all of that is in our Discord. So, come and join us in there. We've got an awesome community, lots of really cool people going, uh, talking about all sorts of stuff. And, uh, everyone's hyped about Neon Dynasty at the moment. So, come and uh, give us your thoughts. So, the link for that is in the show notes. You can find a link in our show notes for our merch store. And uh, I don't know, we we do have a new merch store. We do, yeah. Don't we, don't we Cracker? We better quickly mention that. Sure, let's we, do that. Uh, go.
3: So, yeah, we've signed up with um, Redbubble. They are an Australian-based company, uh, but they also have distribution hubs all around the world. So, it's a print-on-demand service like we have now. It's just not tied to the stream specifically. So, there'll be- Hopefully, well, the the cost will be lower, particularly for people in Australia and New Zealand, and it should be cheaper for people in Europe as well, because there's um, printing places in Europe that you can use. So, we don't have to get everything shipped from America, which means times will be quicker. You don't have, you know, such high postage costs and things. So, hopefully, we should be able to get everything to people faster and for less, and we've got- (laughs) I don't know if anyone will buy it except for us, and I need to get some. But we've we've done the the beans sketch that we had made up, as well as the beans logo, uh, and there's there's all sorts of stuff. So you can get like t-shirts and drink bottles and you know hoodies and all those kinds of things. There's all the usual sorts of designs, but there's you know like big desk pads and things like that, which look really cool. So there's there's a lot of stuff that we have available now. So go check it out. We'll um we'll put a link in.
0: Yep, I will uh, update the link in the show notes. So. Uh, yeah, go and check out, while you're looking at all that stuff, go and check out Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Just go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au and that'll redirect you to the Facebook group and you can join that and then get in on their auctions or their win it now uh, stuff where you can basically buy stuff at a really good price. Uh, look us up on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, all of those places. We are Magic Beans or Magic Beans Cast and give us a follow and a like and a subscribe and hit the bell and everything else that you're meant to do in all those places. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Peace Inc. Cracker, you are
3: at Joel Hill underscore,
0: and Stew at M Stewie. and Scott uh, at the Real Blaster. Very good. So that's it for this week. Thank you as always for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you all next time. Bye.